The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Creator Spotlight, the interview portion of the Spotlight here on Fightful. I'm Stephen Jensen, as always, joined by Jeremy Lambert. And our guest today is the limitless world champion, world-class Channing Thomas. That sounds great. Can you say that again? (laughs) The limitless world champion, world-class Channing Thomas. Now, I don't... I'm no no Sydney Bacabella, but, you know, I'll still give you a, you know, I'll still give you a decent intro. It warms my heart every time someone says it. Well, Channing, well-deserved. Welcome to the show. How are you doing, man? I am doing very well, guys. How are you all? Doing great. Doing well. Doing well. Good good, uh, good afternoon. Good, good evening over here yeah. in Atlanta. Where are you located out of Channing? Boston. Boston. Yeah. Let, let's get right into the Jensen mission off the top, the Limitless World title. Uh, big night at Vacation Land. Uh, for the mm. Vacation Land Cup, you competed in the tournament, defeated Ichiban in the first round, won the four-way against Alec Price, Becca, Desmond Cole, and then immediately going into the match against Rip Bison to take the title. Recap that night and everything that that went into you know just winning the tournament and winning the title. I, I like the ending the best, so we'll save the best for last. So it started off wrestling Ichiban in the first round. Now, Ichiban's no slouch. He's a K1 champion, a wrestling open champion, and he goes up and down the East Coast, just like a lot of the competitors in the Vacation Land Cup do. Um, so he's no slouch, but I took him on in the first round, um, beat him pre- pretty handedly, hit him with my deal, the pile driver. Um, but man, he is one hell of a talent. Ichiban, he's definitely not a slouch, and uh, I loved loved beating him. Um, and then we move to the fatal four way. Another uh, Becca, basic Becca. I call her basic Becca, but international pop star Becca. Big Bufa, Desmond Cole, another guy. He's kind of been coming up the ranks recently, I feel. Um, but I feel like he kind of made his name in Limitless almost. And then, of course, the IWTV World Champion, the Northeast Beast, the Prize City OG, Alec Price. Um, Fun little fact about that match. Myself, Alec Price, and Becca all trained, all started training at the same school. So it's kind of like a homecoming for us all, you know. Um, but that might be one of my favorite matches I've ever had because just like the people involved in it and the outcome and just how exciting and entertainment was. Um, that was a great, great fun match. I, I, um, advise people to watch it, but the entree, or maybe even the dessert, actually, because this wasn't advertised. But Rip Bison's going to Japan. He might already be in Japan right now as we speak. I think he was in Alaska yesterday. So Rip Bison was going to Japan, and he won the Limitless Wrestling World Championship, Sweet Lucille. And he wants to be a fighting champion. He wants to defend it around the world. Well, he's going to have to defend it in the house that. Channing Thomas built limitless wrestling. I wasn't going to let him walk away from a fight. And, you know, 
he's kind of dumb. He's a little silly, a little stupid. He fell right into our trap. And that's why Channing Thomas is now your limitless wrestling world heavyweight champion. Sweet Lucille. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a, it was a great night. I mean, what, what's it feel like? I mean, obviously you, you're very proud to be the limitless champion. Very, you soaked in the intro when we announced yeah. it just a moment ago. Um, there's a prestigious list of champions for that title. I mean, sure. when you look through, I mean, the first champion being MJF, you see where he is at nowadays. Um, Anthony Green, world heavyweight champion, of course, ninety thousand people. Absolutely, yeah. Christian Casanova on that list, who people may know as Carmelo Hayes, doing yeah. very well for himself. Yeah. Um, Dana Garcia. I mean, the Malik Price, the current IWTV champion, as you mentioned, big for title sure. change, of course, with Beef losing to Rip Bison, which was unexpected, and you, you know, becoming the champion afterwards. So, well, what's it like being on uh, this list? I, and that's that's just, you know, that's how you mention everybody. I mean, yeah. just to be like in, in that kind of company with so many, you know, great names that have done so much, you know, that are former champions. For sure. I mean, you even mentioned Anthony Green, who's doing a stint in Noah. His Maybe I think his third stint in Noah currently. And Ace Romero, former yeah. uh, Impact superstar, which is awesome, too. So really a who's who all across the industry. You got guys in Japan going to Japan. You got guys that are prominent on the indies. You got guys in wwe you got your guys in AEW. so like just the the prestige um the amount of superstars the amount of class that has held that championship it's truly remarkable and it's kind of um it's awe inspiring when i look at it you know just to be in the same uh in mentioned in the same breath of those guys you know uh it's truly an honor yeah now this is kind of a perfect segue. Speaking of, you know, the prestige and being prestigious, we had a, a, a I'm actually going to take one of Jeremy's bits from him right now. I actually had a, a, a write-in. Somebody writ, wrote in a question for you on today's show. Really? It was, yeah, it was a Jay Alba. And okay, he, I love and, John. And, and, he, and he said something, uh, he wanted me to ask, what was it, what, what's it like to have John Alba as the best manager in the world? I mean... <laughs> The question was from Jay Alba, or or is that no? That's that's a little too on the nose. Or is it John A? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, yeah. There you go. There. You know, I gotta hand it to John. Um, he saw something in me. He saw something in Mac Daniels. He saw something in BRG, um, and he kind of like brought us into the fold at Limitless. And I think that got people to care about all three of us. Um, first as a group and then as individuals as the uh as we progress in our career so i really do have to give a lot of credit to john alba but best manager in the world i don't <laughs> know if i can say that at this point when i'm currently aligned with cindy bacabella who handles a lot of my financials so yeah that was a big moment in in uh, limitless when uh you and john had your big falling out there and uh i mean that was yeah, that was unexpected when that happened. And speaking of Anthony Green, that was the match with Anthony Green we were talking about. Yeah, yes. I love that match too. I thought like that was almost like a coming out party for me against Anthony Green um, with John in my corner. Uh, the stakes of that match, the stipulation was that John wasn't able to make a few shows with us. So I said, John, you're either with me or you're against me. You're in my corner or you're not. And he, he, I got to admit he did show up that day, but... Channing Thomas had a brighter pastures. 
Okay, we we can't we can't press John Alba anymore. The real question when it comes to John Alba, how punchable is that man's face? Oh my god. <laughs> you just want to like jab jab right hand, you know, everything all day. All day. One, two, three. <laughs> just Probably one of the most punchable faces out there. If he was like an if he wanted to like commit full time to being a wrestling villain, he would be the perfect wrestling villain because you just want to beat him up. His hairs are so perfect too. It's the way crazy, he like, isn't it? It, it does have move. nice hair. It yeah. doesn't move. I've kissed his hair before. Really? I've, <laughs> yes, I've actually kissed it. Yeah. Well, Just you we were, we were on that or? <laughs> Oh, we were doing karaoke and it was it was the first time I, I met Alba and yeah. look, he's got beautiful hair. I got I gotta what? admit that. So I just gave it a nice little kiss. What were you singing? Is the real oh, question. I sing Taylor Swift. I, I Taylor sing Shake Swift. It Off. But yeah, yeah. Shake It Off is a fun song to sing at karaoke, I guess. Oh, yeah. See, that, I mean, look, I'm a yeah. Taylor Swift fan. Like, it doesn't have to be Shake It Off, but that's my karaoke go to. We we had a big group. Alba got up there and sang uh, Friends in Low Places with, with myself, Connor Casey, uh, Alba, and Sean Ross Sapp. And then Alba also sang, I'm sure it was a Bruce Springsteen song. He'll yell at me for not yeah. knowing any of this stuff. Yeah. He just saw Bruce the other week. He saw him back to back nights, I think. That's all he does. He stalks Bruce. That's that's yeah. that's his life now. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Channing, let us know how you got started in wrestling. You mentioned you came up a little bit with uh, like Alec Price, but how how did you kind of get started in in the world of professional wrestling? So there is a very reputable school named the Chaotic Training Center that I did not go to. They had <laughs> <laughs> they had a um they had an open house and I just missed it by like a week. So I went to Wikipedia and I looked up all the wrestling promotions in my area and I just sent a bunch of messages until one of them responded. And uh, this place called UFO Wrestling, a guy named Pat Dillon responded. He said, come to the Belton Club, which is a school run by Bo Douglas and at the time uh, this masked man named Toto Loco. And they kind of train you in like this old school type of way. You know, you get – you you get, you get made tough. You get – you learn respect. You learn etiquette. And I really – Honestly, I truly believe why I've been able to kind of survive in this business for so long is because of that etiquette and that hardening up that uh, they did to us. Um, and I am so grateful and appreciative of everything that those two people have done for me. Um, it's just made me into a different type of person when I first started. I was a boy and now I'm a little bit more of a man. So I've seen a lot, you know, I've been wrestling for like seven years at this point. So. It, it wears on you for sure, but uh, you got to tough it out. It's one of the most important things. This isn't uh, this isn't ballet. That's what they say, right? Who, who are some of like your favorite wrestlers, like as a fan before you got into wrestling? Because um, I, I see like certain like influences in your style and kind of your presentation and stuff. And I'm curious as to kind of like where that all kind of comes from. For sure, one of my all-time favorite wrestlers is Mr. Perfect. Um, like. He is the perfect wrestler, the perfect man, the perfect promo. Just everything he does kind of has a little swagger to him, and I really love that. Um, when I was growing up, obviously, you got John Cena, Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, kind of your big three for the people that uh, grew up during that ruthless aggression era. Um, and then when I was like watching a lot of um, – not indie wrestling, because I don't really consider it indie wrestling, but I was watching a lot of Ring of Honor – when I first started training and like one of my favorite guys to watch was uh, Jay lethal because I watched him in TNA back in the day. And he was just, he was awesome in ring of honor, like feuding with the bullet club. So 
Uh, tell us about your your AEW experiences. You, you've done a couple shots with uh, Dark Dark Elevation. What were those uh, experiences like? Um, I love doing stuff like that. I always love to see how uh, almost like how the the pudding is made, how the how the foods made. You know what I'm saying? Um, the inner workings of the machine behind the scenes. I, it's always so awe inspiring to just see how many hands and how many different people that you know you see your tv stars um and you know those guys are there but like then you forget like how many people are just running around making sure the ship goes and it's always so awe-inspiring to watch so um yeah i did a couple of trios matches um for AEW dark uh i wrestled matt hardy in private party who i've wrestled a few times on some independent shots at northeast wrestling so that was kind of cool to kind of bring that match from Northeast to AEW um, wrestled the factory QT Marshall. Um, and I, I got to wrestle Roosh in uh, the blade in the. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a four fifty five meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere. I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Uh, the butcher and the blade, excuse me. So I've got to kind of, you know, I've got thrown into the fire and I've got to wrestle a lot of different people there. So it's always cool. It's always cool wrestling people who grew up watching to uh, wrestling Matt Hardy, you know. Did, did you get, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Jeremy. I was saying, did you get any advice from from that anybody? Uh, we've we've had people on the show who have said like Matt Matt will give them Matt Hardy uh, is very good about like giving advice. So because you were in the ring with him, did you get any advice from him or anybody else? Not that I can't remember. Not the, um, if I got anything that day, I did get some um, advice just from Matt Hardy um, when we were working on the independence, and it was just kind of. You know, stick to like your basic fundamental stuff because that's the most important stuff. Have that, have that framework set and build on that framework. And I always, and I've always kind of uh, tried to stay true to that, even before he said that. But just hearing it from a guy that's made so much money in our industry, just harp on that really puts it home how important it is. Um, and so, someone we mentioned uh, earlier was Alec Price, and you had a match with him recently. I know you've had quite a few matches with him, but yeah. I thought it was really cool that they recently did you as the Limitless Champion taking on him as the IWTV Champion at the live one-year anniversary show. Yeah. And um, that one ended in DQ. Um, I'm not going to lie. You weren't in the best position there. Like, it looked like he was in a pretty good spot, but he did officially beat you that night. I mean, it was by DQ. You know, I feel like there's room there for, for more. And I wanted to know your experience, I guess, for that match against Alec. And then I also wanted you to elaborate on your uh, relationship with Sidney Bacabella, because I feel like y'all are a really good pair together. Yes. Um, We'll start with Alec, because me and Alec have, like, a very storied history. Um, So, like I said, I started with Alec Price. Um, He probably started, like, a couple of months after um, I did, as far as, like, training goes. So, me and him have been wrestling legit probably – against each other for six or seven years at this point we've done we did an hour-long ironman match last year at wrestling open um earlier this year at wrestling open holy oh my god 2023 um 
he actually busted me open like four years ago before the pandemic started and I had to get stitches in uh, two places on my face. So every time I get in the ring with Alec, it's a chance to kind of just, you know, just give him a, just give him a little bit, you know, he's, I look at him like almost like a little brother and I just want to like give him a noogie, smack him around a little bit. And he just wants to give it back to me. So, um, Alec recently won the IWTV championship at American Rana. And then, Two weeks later, I won the Limitless Wrestling Championship. So it just kind of, it just kind of came together. He wanted what I had. I wanted what he had. He's had what I have. I haven't had what he's had. You know, so uh, my greed kind of got the best of me that day. I'd say, um, because I probably could have had an IWTV title match without having to put on the Limitless Wrestling belt. But sometimes, like you got Prize City OG versus World Class, and it, it's just the stakes. The feeling, the emotion of it is so much, so important. And you just know you're kind of making history in that moment when you're doing that. So I think in the back of my head, I was just really focused on making history that day. Understood. Um, yeah. And as far as Sydney Bacabella goes, this, this man has seen so much in his storied career. Um, he has all the oldest and some some of them are pretty dirty he knows all the the tricks of the trade all the shortcuts he knows when something's gonna work when something isn't gonna work when something could perhaps work in given scenarios the guy is literally an encyclopedia of professional wrestling knowledge and he's an excellent chef as well sometimes i go over his house and he makes me steak while we watch old tape back together. Um, he has really done wonders for my career the last two years. And we are going to continue to expand on that in uh, 2024 and beyond. So I'm just that relationship has been um, such a strong relationship for me the last couple of years. He saw me in, in, at an independent show about five years ago and gave me a task that he knew was kind of dumb, but he wanted to see if I would follow through with it and do it because he told me, and I did. And uh, that's kind of when he knew that he had to kind of latch on, you know? Yeah, so the follow-up, of course, is going to be, what was the task? The task was, <laughs> to use, it was to use a different vocabulary word, a, a new vocabulary word in every promo that you can do. It was an old Nick Bockwinkle trick. Ooh, okay, I yeah. like that. Yeah, um, Nick Bockwinkle used to study the dictionary for words, kind of like Eminem would do for rapping. He'd study the dictionary and try and incorporate a new word into uh, each and every one of his promos. And that's why he kind of sounded so intelligent. Wait, do you remember any of the words? It's okay. So uh, kind of I don't remember any of the words. No. Okay. So did you have to – okay, well, my other question off of that is, did you have to find it or did he give you the word of, like, you got to incorporate this word? I would, go in, I, would, I would go out and I would find them, and then I would send them in the promo and then try and have him guess what the word is. Oh, that's yeah. a nice little – that's a nice little game there. I like this. I like this. Yeah. I like oh. this. Oh, sorry, I have one more follow-up based on kind of one, one other thing you mentioned because – um, a lot of the indie world is very linked. You know, you're mentioning like sure. Alec Price has something that you want. You have something Alec Price wants. You wrestle him in this company, that company, all over. You mentioned you wrestled Ichiban recently. Ichiban is currently the champion of Wrestling Open. 
you recently became the number one contender for that championship by beating Barbie Orlando. Yep. So how does it feel to be the number one contender for that title? And do you expect to become the wrestling open champion soon? I think that if I was to win the wrestling open championship next Thursday, nine twenty one, it would be the best thing that has ever happened to wrestling open ever. I guarantee that world-class chain Thomas becoming the face of wrestling open dictating the culture uh, that wrestling open has would be an absolute benefit for wrestling open. Um, it's Yvonne, Like I said, man, he's a focused, uh, he's a focused competitor. His skills are very sharp, but if you can get him to break focus, he kind of starts to kind of make mistakes into his game. So, um, I look forward to testing his focus is I guess just how I can put it. Oh, I was going to ask kind of to, to piggyback off of that. One, do you think Ichiban should just hand you the title? You've already beat him. I don't know why we're even like, I mean, the match will be good, right? For like sure. But for sure. Just, just, just hand it over type of deal at this point. Um, and two, just the overall experience at wrestling open. Cause you've been part of the, uh, part, part of the, part of that group, uh, really since the, the beginning. So really the, the growth of wrestling open. Yep. I've been there since not, they did like a soft open show on restable two years ago. And I was not there for that, but I was there the following week when it was the first official wrestling open show, not the soft opening, the first official Thursday show. So I've been there since the, almost the very beginning. Um, and it's, you know, it's every Thursday, man. It's, it can be some, it can sometimes be a little bit stressful, you know, um, you can put stress on your body. It can put stress on your mind. There's so many hungry competitors out there that are just coming for your, coming for your head. Um, you really got to keep your skills sharp. You got to, uh, you got to keep your skills sharp. You got to keep your mind clear, uh, because at any moment, Someone that we have never heard of could be the next sensation and they could come through wrestling open. So um, I always want to foster growth in the wrestling community, but not at my own expense. So, uh, and as far as Ichiban handing over the championship, I think that would be a good idea for Ichiban. I'm not sure how it would look for me accepting a championship uh, that's being relinquished or forfeited. Um, but I think in uh in mind of Ichiban's health, I think that would probably be the best course of action for him. I respect I respect your point of view that it's like, you know what, I, I want to I'm gonna beat you and then just take this from you. Yeah. But, you know, it is a good idea for him to just do it. He's already lost to you. What a you know, like he, he doesn't he need to, he doesn't need to put himself through that no, again. It can't um, hurt, man. I think he has a bad <laughs> shoulder right now too. So like no and, and I he, that's not a good thing. It's not. And I mean, you just mentioned uh, you just mentioned wrestling open being every Thursday. He needs to to heal up off of this stuff. You got to keep making this show, and you're not going to do that if you keep getting sure. in the ring with Channing Thomas. For sure, you get it. <laughs> I know these things. See, John Alba taught me well on how to promote <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, another another company that you've done some work with that. We've actually interviewed a lot of their regular talent, um, a lot of can, them recently, actually. Can oh, I sorry, guess it? Can yeah, I guess it? Is it New South Pro Wrestling? It is New South <laughs> Pro Wrestling. It is. I, I love New South. 
Yeah, well, that's great. So they already answered part of my question. I was going to ask you what it's like being a part of New South. I know you're part of the Haas tournament, which is uh, one of the most uh, prestigious tournaments, in my opinion. And you uh, you wrestled friend of the show, Vinny Pacifico, and um, Brogan Finley, who I – man, I watched Brogan wrestle probably his, like, third match, like, ever in front of people. Really? You know, because he's, like, a Chattanooga guy, and I'm in the yeah. Southeast. So people tap me in on him super early. And uh, so what, what's it been like working for New South? I know you said it's been, it's been awesome. I really enjoy working for New South. Um, it's a pretty long drive, 19 hours in the car. But I think that's kind of like what the part of the fun is, you know, because I like the traveling aspect of it. But uh, everybody in the locker room, I don't know if they're afraid of me or if they respect me, but they seem to treat me pretty well. So I like to hear that. Um, and, you know, the fans, they love buying my merch. Um, if you go down to a New South show, they are decked out, dripped up in Channing Thomas shirts and stickers and 8 by 10s So um, I love working New South. And like you said, honestly, the Haas tournament this year was one of my biggest uh, accomplishments because I knew that it's one of like the most prestigious, uh, one of the most decorated tournaments in all of independent wrestling right now. Um, they always have a crazy, crazy lineup. This year they had uh, Martin Stone and uh, Davey Richards and stallion rogers so and myself alec too but yeah i i I really enjoy working for new south i know if you had a follow-up new south question jensen i expected uh, a lot of new south talk i mean yeah i mean we we hear stories about like the people that work there all the time like you know dump sanders you know and uh, brandon williams and those guys um I know you said it's been uh, it's been great working there. Is there anyone that you'd like to wrestle there anytime soon, like going yeah, coming up? Absolutely. I was supposed to wrestle Dylan McQueen um, one of the last times I went down there, but unfortunately uh, he had a family emergency and was not able to make the show. Um, personally, I think he was kind of scared of me, uh, but I digress. I would love to get in the ring with Dylan McQueen. Um, I think he's a phenomenal talent, and I think we would match up really well against each other. Plus, he's kind of like a bigger guy. I'm kind of a bigger guy, and I kind of like that that uh, heavyweight-style wrestling, and I think we could have a great heavyweight-style matchup. Um, yeah, I mean, Cabana Man Dan has been there for – he's been a wrestler in the that area for years, so I'd love to kind of just knock him down a, a step. Uh, Brandon Williams, I actually – got me booked for new self. Um, so I really don't want to wrestle him because I like him, but he's a fantastic technical wrestler. And I think we could have a fun matchup there too. So yeah, there's a couple guys I really want, but Dylan McQueen is for sure. Definitely one of the guys that I'd love to mix it up with. I don't know if you saw, but you know, Dylan briefly won that new South championship in, uh, in that steel cage match. And then I lost it right away. Building. Oh, you were. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Braden so. Tudor, I really don't know what he was doing. He went through a hellacious ladder match with me in it. So I don't know why he did it, but I guess he gave the, the briefcase to his best friend to right the wrong, I guess. Yes, that's right. You were there. Now I was, I was going to ask you if you, if you had your eyes on Hunter Drake, of course, being the current champion and that title belt itself is like, I feel like any pro wrestler would just want to hold that gigantic championship. For sure. It is. I mean, it's called the humongous for a reason, right? It is massive. So 
I mean, anything that big and that gold, I kind of want, right? I And when I first got to New South, I wrestled Hunter Drake, and he beat me. So I kind of need to right the wrong, I guess. Uh, you mentioned Jay Lethal earlier as, as uh, an influence with the ROH style, and you wrestled Jay Lethal at uh, NEW. Uh, how, how'd that match go? And then, once again, did you talk to Jay, get any advice from Jay? Um, that match was very fun. It was a trios match with myself and the Brick City Boys versus Jay Lethal and Waves and Curls. So, uh, you know, Brick City Boys, uh, they are my boys. And then though me and Waves and Curls kind of end up on opposite sides of the ring sometimes, those guys are my brothers and I respect them a lot. So that was a really, really fun match. Um, it was just kind of one of those matches that you look back and you're like, wow, that was just something that was special, you know? Um, and then of course, just working with Jay, he's just so fluid in the ring and, uh, he really like makes you want to step your game up and just the way he thinks about wrestling is on a different level. Um, earlier in that day, he actually had a seminar and it was only supposed to go for three hours, but it ended up going for five. And he's just, uh, like he's another wealth of knowledge. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a pleasure working with those, with that match. Well, you didn't have a, a dream match like that, you know, um, what other kind of, you mentioned some dream matches for new South on maybe like a bigger scale, like maybe wrestlers you are a fan of or grew up watching that are still around and stuff like that. What are some other like dream matches that you have that like, you think you might, that it might actually be possible. Dream matches that I might actually think are possible. Um, I think there is absolutely no reason why I couldn't beat Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship right now. I love that call out. I love that call out. <laughs> I think, and that's not really even like me looking up to him. I just know I can beat him. And I could probably chop harder than him too. So I'd say, uh, intercontinental championship match with gunther is something he'll hold on to that thing forever too so it's just waiting for me to get there oh man i love that i was gonna ask you like goals in wrestling it sounds like intercontinental championships way up there on the list for sure wrestling for the wwe i think would be awesome because it's something i uh, i grew up watching um so i think i'll always have a special place in my heart for it um wrestling in japan not not just Japan, but I think wrestling internationally and traveling all across the world. And uh, I think that's always cool. I think it's always cool when I get to wrestle in a different area of the United States too, scaling it back down. Um, yeah. So I think those would be my, the top priority goals are like traveling across the world, getting a chance to do some stints in some cool places and eventually hopefully ending up in either the WWE or AEW. Big goals to have. Oh, just show up on Raw when they when they are in town. Just challenge Gunther. It can... I, think that, I think that's a foolproof plan, isn't it? Yeah. They do celebrations and stuff all the time now, right? Where they just go out to the ring and talk or like, you know, you just jump out there and crash one of those. Get yourself a title shot. Why not, honestly? I mean, look, I AEW's got like five open challenges. So honestly, if you want to appear <laughs> on that show, you can... It seems like you just walk in the door and get get a title shot against Moxley sure. or FTR. Get a partner. Let's say uh, get a partner. Bring a Ring of Honor tag titles right there for the yeah. Team. I They're think all there. 
I would only go for a tag team championship belt if I could clone myself because I can only trust myself to do something. <laughs> That's, fair. That's fair. I don't know if we've invented that technology, unfortunately. We, uh, we should get on that. We should really I think get on that. There's a sheep or something that was cloned one time. I remember reading about that in middle school. I remember that, I remember that too. <laughs> Um, um what what do you enjoy kind of outside of pro wrestling Channing? Oh, I enjoy weightlifting. Um just typical just exercising in general I really enjoy. Um I like going for walks in the woods. Um or just going for walks in general. Um reading. I'm kind of a simple person, you know. I I I you know, I enjoy the fire things in life, a good cigar, some nice aged whiskey every once in a while. Um, but for the most part, you know, I just, I kind of like to keep to myself a lot. Yeah. What are you reading right now? Right now I'm reading, um, how to influence daily and win people over. So it's kind of like a, it's like a human psychology book. Basically, uh, at the end of the day, the, the main takeaways are like, be nice and admit when you're wrong. Um, and then try and clear up communication as much as possible. So you take your lessons and then just do the exact opposite when it comes to <laughs> professional wrestling. You're like, okay, I want people to hate me, so don't do these things. Do the opposite of these things. No, no, because you need to get what you want. Um, and to get what you want, you need to kind of like, you know, lie, play the game a little bit. So you can't be an asshole all the time, but that's fair. you can be all the time if you're pretending to be kind at some point. <laughs> That's very true. I like yeah. that. Um, another question I had for you. Um, I, I like to to pick wrestlers' brains a little bit on the decision making behind the finishers' issues. And you, simple finisher, pile driver, simple but effective. I like that yeah. a lot. I, when we interviewed Adam Priest, I told him the same thing. DDT, love it. Simple love DDT. It. They stay I, down one, two, three. I love Adam Priest. I think he's awesome. That's another guy I'd love to wrestle. Adam Priest. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Um, so yeah, pile driver, man. And, and I, I love the way you hit that thing. It, it, it looks great. What was your decision-making process on the pile driver being your move? Um, effectiveness, effectiveness. Um, I knew that when I would do a pile driver, um, you know, some people do a pile driver and they get it for a two count and then they're up and moving around. Whenever I hit a pile driver, I know it's effective because the person usually gets taken out on a stretcher afterwards um, and sent to local medical facilities. So um, effectiveness, really. You know, I, when you're practicing the moves, I kind of heard a few people with it the first couple of times going. I said, wow, this is the move for me. Okay. I got, can, can you name some of the people you train with or maybe someone who helped teach you the pile driver? Uh, I mean, I studied a lot of Paul Orndorff tapes, a lot of Terry Funk tapes, and they use the pile driver. Um, as far as people I practice it on, they don't really wrestle anymore. So, uh, yeah, I, I expected an answer like that. Yeah. It must be it must be hard to to get training partners to to practice this. No one wants to take it if you're going to hurt them with it in training. You just tell them you're going to pay them a pretty decent amount. They'll be fine. And you say, "Don't take any cheap shots with me." And then you hit them with a pile driver. Oh, I, it seems to be working. You're you're, you're rolling in <laughs> the sure, career. I mean, I've won a lot of matches with that pile driver. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, training wise, it, 
you're you're hitting it in the match. That's when it matters. It clearly works in the match. In, in training, sure. you don't need to practice it. It's already, as you said, it's already effective. It's yeah, good. but when I first started practicing it to make sure I had the right technique, the right hold of the person, um, we lost a lot of friends, <laughs> a lot of valued friends. <laughs> Who do you think has the has the best pile driver industry? You mentioned Orndorff and Terry Funk have good ones. Are, are those at the top of the list, or is there anybody else that has a really effective pile? For like driver? all time. Probably yeah. those two. Um, I always loved CM Punk's pile driver on John Cena. Mm. I always thought that was a great pile driver. Tommy Dreamer had a good pile driver too, if I remember correctly. Um, trying to think who else have used the pile driver. Um, you I'm think gonna, of the, the, the like cactus pile driver where he pulls yeah, the a good back one. and spikes oh, yeah. like that. Oh. Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn has a yeah. cradle yeah. pile driver. I love that too. You um, kind of did that to win the limitless title. You have the cradle and it kind of wound up almost more like a bomb than a driver actually. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, I noticed that. Were you going, <laughs> were you going, were you, were you going for the cradle pile driver or did it just kind of work out that way? Uh, I'm just use the most effective move at any given point. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. I got you, I got you. It won the match. Yeah, it looked, it looked great. Thank but, you. That's yes. all I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever gets the victory. That's that's what yeah, we're here for. Yeah, Win. Yeah, yeah. None of this other stuff. Um, winner, winner's purse is what matters. What was the match? You, you kind of, that's right. You kind of mentioned it earlier, but I want to get a full answer on it. Uh, you mentioned when you said Anthony Green, um, the guy you got a lot of respect for. What was the match where you, you had and you were like, oh, I'm good at this. Like things just really kind of clicked for you and it's like i i know i'm i'm good at this i know wrestlers never stop learning but things just like really clicked and you just kind of realized like i can do this yeah um you know a lot of people their first matches i'm sorry i just had to put my phone in the charger hey, you're good okay well their first matches um most of them suck mine was amazing i was the best wrestler in the match so um, I would go with that match, my first, very first match. I was like, wow, I'm the best at this. I'm probably going to be WWE champion one day. I should continue this. Um, so I would say that. But I would also probably say I've had a few matches um, earlier in my career with this man named Nico Silva. He's kind of like a he's a veteran around New England. Um, we're kind of starting up. He's, he's a little bit more experienced than me, but um, a few years ago when we were wrestling, we were both kind of green. And we ha- just like the first time he gave me like a shoulder tackle, I just remember being like, wow, like this is something completely different. This is something that like I've never experienced before. And this is something I need to start doing. Um, so that match, um, any of those matches with Nico, I really um, attribute to kind of stepping on my game. Um Oh, I had a match with Mike Bennett in Northeast Wrestling a few years ago. That was another match where I was like, like I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm starting to get it. I'm picking it up. I'm wrestling people who have been on TV, who have been in places that I've been. Um, and just kind of like being able to hang around with them has always been like a good sign. Um, you mentioned the Anthony Green match. That was a match that was really important to me because I wrestled AG a, a few times and I felt like that was like, um, that was our best at that moment. So I was, I felt like from the first time I wrestled him to that time, there was just so much improvement that was, um, that really kind of like kept me going. Um, 
I'm trying to think, man. Mike Bennett, Anthony Green, Nico. I'm sure there'll be more to come with me. More that come. I wrestled John Moxley, and I when I when I got hit by him, that was like another thing where I was like, wow, this is like a different level of this type of thing. So, um, yeah, we'll go. We'll go with those. What's it like to have a guy like John Moxley out there who's so well known in like the mainstream wrestling scene with all his years in the WWE when he does an AEW, but to also just constantly be giving back to the independent scene, doing indie, doing his indie spots. The you know, he was the GCW champion for a while. Like, what's it like having a guy like that that like never got really too big for this? And he's a guy who doesn't need to do this for money. He clearly, he for does sure. it because he loves it. So when I wrestled him, I believe. It was like he just came out of alcohol rehab like the week the week before. So his first match was Ethan Page on Rampage, like a live Rampage. And then the next night he wrestled me. And then the following night he wrestled Homicide for, G, for GCW. So um, you just look at a guy like that, a guy that's given his body, his life to the independence and that's really where he kind of uh, – he found himself was on the independence. And then, you know, he goes and he works at WWE, and that's awesome, fantastic. But he's a guy that kind of understands how important the independents are to wrestling, you know. You even look back this past weekend, two weekends ago, um, where he was showing up at random – an AAW in the independent wrestling match in Chicago in a barbed wire – massacre you know he's just one of those guys that just loves wrestling and you can tell he loves wrestling so i think that's the industry needs more leaders like that i mean i know it was a, a short match uh, against moxley uh you almost had him though i i, I distinctly sure. remember that uh but did any conversations w- with moxley be- beforehand of you know, like you mentioned, he was just coming off of the, the rehab stand. He was kind of getting his feet back into things, did three straight matches because yeah. uh, he's John Moxley. But any conversations yeah. with him about things? Honestly, no. He's an extremely private guy. Um, we talked twice. Um, he's very to the point, straight. Um, so not like a lot of, not a lot of, you know, like uh, FaceTime with him, but I kind of, as like a fellow person who's kind of just wants to be alone sometimes, I respect that a lot. Um, and I, and honestly, like he wasn't advertised for the show we were on. He was a big surprise. Um, so him just being there is is incredible and speaks volumes to how he feels about uh, independent wrestling as a whole. So, uh, last one. Um from me what we ask everybody is what is the coolest thing in your room um the coolest thing in my room right now all right uh, i hope i don't lose you guys gotcha. uh, the vacation land cup nice. ah can't yep. beat that that's the coolest thing in my room and it's right next to um these are like indian clubs that the iron cheek would kind of like wave around and I own a pair. It's good for shoulder rehab. So those are two cool things in my room. Oh, and I have a rent stereo action figure I got as a gift this year. So nice. Oh, uh, I have that one also. I have that figure up on my, <laughs> up on my shelf. That's a great one. It's a, my little brother got it for me uh, as a Christmas present this year. So very nice. Three cool things in my room. Love it. 
Um, I have one last question, and this may become a theme on the show, or it may get squashed uh, pretty much immediately. I asked oh, it last week. It's very, it's very topical, and I feel like it's actually a legitimate question to ask to get like, a, like a, an opinion on. What's your opinion on using real glass in wrestling? <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> No comment. We'll okay, that's fair. That's fair. We'll probably squash that question. We asked Dan last week because um, we were talking about a death match that he was involved in, and it was very topical at the time. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm like, legitimately curious now because it seems such like such a polarizing situation that I'm just like all over broken glass. I've seen broken glass. I've, I've seen I've seen real glass. I've seen fake glass. I've seen it all in wrestling. But it's yeah. not, it's crazy that, that was so polarizing. But yeah. Anyways, yeah. No comment. That's probably a good answer. No comment is my answer. Like Jensen, do you want to do you want to bring back the the old uh, hood when a street? No, that's that's <laughs> a question. That's where, a wait, question. where are we going with this? No, oh, do we, I, do, this is a rabbit hole. That okay? <laughs> all right, we'll ask you this also since I gave you. A, I also I asked you the stupid glass question. Okay, so we we used to ask uh, everybody who would okay. run a street fight between Eddie Kingston and Cody Rhodes. An actual street fight, not like yeah. not in a, not in wrestling. An actual street fight, yeah. yeah. No rules. Eddie Kingston's a dog, but like Cody Rhodes is a legitimate, like shoot amateur wrestler. And sometimes those street fights, like it's just like swing and people go to the ground like that. Um, and honestly, I think if that happened, Cody would probably, I don't know if he beat him up, but he might tie him up. And Eddie on top might, him. might kill him though. <laughs> yeah okay so that's actually the exact answer that i always give is i yeah. think that cody would get like a double leg and he'd probably stay on top of him but yeah. like eddie like if it came down to it eddie's like ready to kill someone so yes, like I, you know yeah. so that it's 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 a very strange question and there's reasons why that question became a thing but we retired it a while ago but we we unretired it for you Shannon, okay so, yeah. all right i got a question for you guys now how about this okay okay brock lesnar is on a playground and he is fighting waves of 10-year-olds. Okay. Oh, like those 10-year-olds are screwed. Like 10-year-olds. <laughs> okay. But they come in waves, so it's like... How many waves are we talking? How it's many like a horde. It's like horde level or zombies. And like, <laughs> okay. It's like zombies. Like, how many <laughs> yeah, waves yeah. can we get through before Brock gets tired? Okay. 10-year-olds? Uh, All right, so... There's a lot. I... I, th I think you could get through a lot. I have, I have kids. They don't tire. They do not tire at oh, all. That's don't. the thing. They really but, don't. But Brock hits a lot harder than I, I do. Uh, yeah. Much, much bigger person than I am. I think he could get through a lot of weight. He would just toss and like playground. You get yeah. like a jungle gym. He just gets to toss them into those bars and stuff. Like, do hey. you like that? I like the addition of like, he's on the playground. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because yeah. you can, he can toss them into like a lot of stuff. You get oh, a very yeah. Donkey Kong like vision of him on the top throwing like barrels That's at the kids. Right. From the top. Yeah. Literally exactly what I picture when I think about that. <laughs> Dude, he I think he would legitimately get through it would be thousands of children until he got so tired he fell asleep. I don't See, think it would ever end. Like, I don't think it ends. I think he just kind yeah. of like, done. Yeah. That's a good question though, Shannon. See, you're feeling great on this show. We we I've love fighting. I've been thinking about that question for years. <laughs> I, I like asked, it. I asked CJ Hyde that question on a CZW Dojo Wars taping one time. <laughs> what was his answer? <laughs> uh, I can't remember it. I remember being kind of corny, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I, we're going to steal this. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure you, you can give credit. You can have it, please. 
It's, it's very more good. people need to think about it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll, Jenny, we'll, we'll, we'll retire the we'll retire the real glass the real glass question. And start asking about the uh, the zombies. Uh, so, Brock I don't think you need to retire it, but I do think like eventually people are kind of be like, "What are you talking about?" But I think right. this, this Brock Lesnar child mauling scenario that never gets old. It's timeless. Yeah, that That's never true. gets old. It's very true. Well, thanks for the addition to the show, Shannon. We very much appreciate the contribution. Guys, thank you for having me. I actually had a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Let everybody know what you got coming up and where they can find you at. Perfect. This uh, When's this going out? On Thursday, Thursday. morning. Yeah. Thursday morning? Oh, perfect. This Saturday, you can catch me at Steel Stacks SmackDown 2. I do not know if there are any tickets left. There might be some general admission. There's going to be like a thousand people there. Um, Wheeler Yuta is going to be there. There's a Huge five-on-five tag main event that I'm a part of. Bacabella's Army versus Ultramantis' Mob. Um, there, you can catch me there. Um, Sunday, you can catch me at Live Pro Wrestling at the Vault in New Bedford, one of my favorite uh, places to wrestle. Um, we'll just rattle off September because I know September really well. Um, next week, you can catch me in Stoughton uh, at the Stoughton Super Slam on Saturday the 23rd. And on the 24th, you can catch me at Beyond Wrestling at the Beach. Um, in Westerly, Rhode Island, the beach shows are always fun if the weather's great. So I'm hoping the weather's great. Um, not so much if the weather's not great. And at the end of the month, it is the Limitless Wrestling anniversary show. And I will be there and I will have some shenanigans planned. So go to that too. There you go. Uh, Follow Channing on X, Twitter, uh, Chance Thomas Pro. The link is down below. Uh, you can check out a schedule all right there and get your Perfect. tickets. See how to watch all that fun stuff. Channing, thank you again for joining us. We, we Guys, really appreciate thank it. thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Hey, thank you, man. We had a great time. We appreciate it. Yes. Uh, guys, we'll be right back here on 